Awesome. Thank you so much. Wasn't he awesome? You're invited back next Sunday. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. How are we? Good, good. It's good to be in here with you adults. Good to see you all. I'm a little bit more nervous in front of you adults. I could do kids all day, every day, but man, you get me up here with people my age, people who know more than me. Oh, no, I'm excited. Um, a couple times. Oh, I'm sorry. Third through fifth graders. Bye. Love you. Have fun. Camden, you're in third grade now. Weird. Hi. You were just in kindergarten. You just turned five. This is fun. Christoph, Adabel, you're going that way. Yep, keep going. All right. Sorry. Love you. Bye. Aren't they so cute? Okay. Okay. Well, good morning. All right. I've got an awesome message for you today, and i got to tell you, uh, Aaron came to me probably in April, showed up at my door, and asked me to speak uh, while he was going to be on sabbatical, and I said, I don't know. Let me think about it. So a couple weeks later, he came back. He said, are you, you going to do it? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. Here we are. July 9th felt like a far, 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 far away. Now we're here. Um, it's July 9th. We made it here. The world didn't end before that. Um, I was hoping it would. No, just kidding. Um, but I really do feel like God has given me some um, things to share with you um, that have happened over the past few weeks. So let's get into it. All right. So, oh, I got to tell you one more thing. Um, so Pastor Aaron gave me a list of psalms that he wanted us to cover over the next few months. So um, I chose Psalm 121. And um, when we get it up there, you're going to see that um, it was an easy choice because it's one of my favorites. Um, it holds a lot of power. It holds a lot of hope. Um, I think it's something that we can all relate to our own lives, and I think it's something we should memorize and have um, in our hearts buried in there so we can pull it out when we need it. Now, when I look up scripture, um, I tend to look up the children's version or the easy-to-read version because I'm usually working with kids, and that's stand. Um, so that's the easiest for them to understand, so that's the easiest for me to understand. I'm a simple person, and I like simple words sometimes. So... For Psalms 121, we're going to look at uh, the easy-to-read version. It's on the screen, and I'm going to read it. I look up to the hills, but where will my help really come from? My help will come from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. He will not let you fall. Your protector will not fall asleep. Israel's protector does not get tired. He never sleeps. The Lord is your protector. The Lord stands by your side, shading and protecting you. The sun cannot harm you during the day, and the moon cannot harm you at night. The Lord will protect you from every danger. He will protect your soul. The Lord will protect you as you come and go, both now and forever. I love that one, don't you guys? It's very powerful. There's a lot of hope in there, a lot of promises in there. And as we read this, I want you to have a goal of memorizing it, take a screenshot, highlight it in your Bible, write it on a post-it note. Put it somewhere where you'll see it every day, on your mirror, in your car. Um, I, this should be one that you really, really keep guarded close to your heart. So there are times we find ourselves in a hard time, or it's in a moment, or a season of suffering. And verses like this one I will share with you today will be there and uh, come to your mind and help you get through, I hope. So where does your help come from? How often do you need help? For me, it's every day, 
It's all day. It's most days. Uh, we're on summer break right now, and I have four small children, um, so it's a lot. I need help a lot. Uh, for patience, sometimes it's little things um, like patience and energy to get through the day. Sometimes it's bigger things like huge hurdles in life, finances, big decisions that need to be made, illnesses, a medical diagnosis. The list goes on and on. And I'm sure some of you have those going on right now in your life because we're not ever safe from struggles, right? You can try to avoid them and you can do all you can to not have them, but troubles come no matter what. Some days we're on the mountain and some days we are in the valleys. Some weeks, some months we are in those valleys. But one thing I do know is that hard times come and sometimes slowly over time, they can last months, sometimes fast. They can be quick like a tornado and leave a disaster in their wake. As sure as the sun rises, no one is immune from hard times or suffering. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I think we can all find ourselves wanting life to just be smooth and easy and in those good times. And we can, but, um, and so that when we get to those hard times, we come, um, we have the Holy Spirit to bring us back into his peace, to remind us of scriptures like these, of what we know to be true. And when those times come, I want you to check in with yourself. Where's your help coming from? Where's the first place you go to for help? Maybe it's friends and family, your pastor. Maybe you just keep it in and worry yourself sick. Maybe you try to figure it out all on your own and shoulder it. Maybe uh, you try to solve the problem um, from the world and their ideas and how they think you should solve it. But let's look back at Psalm 121. My help comes from the Lord, the one who created heaven and earth. He will not let you fall. He does not sleep. He does not get tired. The Lord is your protector who stands by your side. God is telling us, give it to me, lay it at my feet, let me have it, I am in control. You don't have to carry this alone, I will be your help. And Matthew 16, says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek his kingdom first. Get in his word first. Pray first. Lay it at his feet first. He shows us over and over and over again in story after story, scripture after scripture, that he is good and he is faithful and he is sovereign. Isaiah 41, 13 says, For the Lord your God holds your right hand. It is... Sorry, I'm going to read from my screen because I typed it wrong. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. There it is again. I will help you. 1 Peter 5, 6-7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Not just some of them, not just certain problems, not just small things, the big things, the small things, all of it. Give him it all. Psalm 94, 18 through 19. When I thought, my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, helped me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer me up. 
my favorite. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That one's my favorite. So I could go on and on and on with the scriptures, right, that tell us that he's with us and that he wants to help us and that he knows we're going to have trouble. He had to suffer as well, so he's not, it's not new to him. He suffered here on earth. If we started to list stories of his faithfulness throughout the scriptures, we would be here all day. He helped tiny David kill a giant. I'm sure David was worried, anxious, thought there's no way, but God did it. He closed lions' mouths so they could not harm Daniel. He calmed the storm for his disciples. We see it time and time again. And time and time again, he tells us he wants to help us. He knows life, thro life throws things at us that we cannot handle on our own. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, I'm going to read it again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Are you facing any battles, any decisions you have to make, hard times? Maybe you're in a season of suffering. Well, I want to share a story with you from a few weeks ago. It's almost been a month, actually. Some of you might know this. Um, I didn't post much about it on Facebook or anything, so you may not know these, this story, but I'm going to share it with you just to tell you about a time that I need help, and I'm going to show you how God got me through. It was a day I'll never forget. It was one of those hard times that comes in fast and furious like a tornado where I needed God's help. It was June 14th, and I needed to drive to Carmel because some of you know I got a job teaching first grade at Northwestern, and I needed this certain item, it's a cubby shelf, for my classroom. So I thought, well, let's make a day of it. We'll drive down, take the kids, invite my mom. So she came, um, and we drove down to Carmel, got the cubby, and then we went to Chick-fil-A, because that's what you do when you're from Kokomo and you don't have a Chick-fil-A and you're in Carmel. What else? So we went to Chick-fil-A, and I didn't go through the drive-thru this time. I went inside, because I had Nana with me, so we made all the fun of it. I thought, I'm a good mom. This is, I'm rocking it today. We didn't go through the drive-thru. We're not eating in the car. We're going in, and we're going to play. So we did that, and everything was going just fantastic. Beautiful day. Great day. So next, we decided to head over to Cool Creek Park which is super close um, to Chick-fil-A. They have an awesome playground and a fun set of trails that you can walk on, and they're real easy to walk on. So if you ever want to go walking on some trails, this is where you should go. So we decided to go walk the trails first, something my kids love to do thanks to their Funkle Matt. I call him the Funkle because he does all the fun things um, with them. Actually, he's back there. Hi, Funkle Matt. <laughs> Um, he's the fun uncle, so he's the funkle. And this is a picture of um, the creek that my kids decided to play in. So we decided to walk on the woods, and little Emma, my one-year-old, is toddling around. She's got her shoes on. She loves to wear shoes, and just she doesn't walk anymore. She's running at a very fast pace to see everything and check everything out. So we come up to a small bridge over a creek bed, and the kids immediately want to get in this creek and play. And in my head, I'm like, I didn't bring extra shoes. I didn't bring towels. They're going to get dirty. 
I don't want to have to give him a bath tonight. All the things, right? But against my better judgment, I said yes, and I let them get in the creek. Because sometimes you just have to let kids be kids, and we don't get out much with four kids. So I let them get in the creek. They were living their best life, enjoying it, picking up rocks, splashing in the water. Emma and I are on the bridge, and the three bigger kids are in the creek, and Nana is down there with them. And I'm looking down at a text message on the bridge. And as soon as I look up, I see this giant black object flying through the air, and it was like it was in slow motion. I could see it's coming, it's coming, I can't get to it. And next thing I know, it knocks little Emma in the back of her head. She had been turned away from them, and she was squatting down, and it just nailed her right in the back of the head. And it wasn't a small rock. It was a big rock, bigger than my fist. I immediately swoop her up and feel instant panic overcome me. I'm trying to console her as she's crying, but I'm also trying to look at her face to make sure she isn't acting funny. I start yelling that we must leave and um, get Emma to a hospital because I just felt like her cry was different. And I knew something was up, but thank the good Lord for my mom being there and helping get the big kids out of the creek and to the car because my fear had me in a full-blown panic and I was spiraling with bad thoughts taking over my mind. Ever been there? You just go down the hole. I was consumed with fear of what is coming, what is happening, what do I do? As we're heading to the van in between cries, Emma starts yawning, which only made me spiral more into scary thoughts and panic. I start just talking out loud to God, and all I was saying was, Lord, please let her be okay. Please let her be okay. It was all I could think of to say at that time, just begging for her to be okay. And at the same time, I'm also completely worried, and my heart is hurting, for my oldest nine-year-old, Will, who prides himself on being like her second daddy. No one adores her more than her big brother, Will. Um, he takes care of her a lot. And he had been the one that had thrown the rock underhanded from the creek. He was trying to hit the rail of the bridge. He couldn't see Emma. He didn't know he'd thrown it that hard. He's a good baseball player, darn it. Um, so the rock hit her on the back of the head, and it was poor Will. And he was hiding in the woods, actually, at first. And Nana had to coax him out because he felt so bad. So I'm instantly, my thoughts are spiraling, and I'm like, how am I going to be okay if something's wrong with her and Will did it? How's Will going to be okay? How are the other kids who are with me going to feel? All the thoughts, right? Because it goes real quick. Like you just, all the bad thoughts just come right in. I think the enemy likes that, right? He likes that we just start spinning and going down that hole. So, um, let's see. We're going to turn to the next page. After a scary ride to the closest hospital, which was Riverview in Noblesville, Emma's still crying. We hurry into the ER at Riverview Hospital. I tell a story to the nurse and the doctors, and they order a head scan. And as we wait to get the scan, Emma starts projectile vomiting all over me, her, the room. It was everywhere. Which, again, in turn, only puts me into more panic and fear, if you can imagine that. We get the scan done, and I immediately while waiting for results, start texting a few close family and friends, simply asking them to please pray now and hard for Emma as we wait for results. As I worked on this message, I started seeing all the ways that God was there. In that moment, I was so caught up in the mess, I couldn't even bring myself to pray. 
and remember who was in control. Have you ever been there? I think we can all relate. But God did help me right then and there in the form of best friends who stopped and prayed and asked what I needed without even knowing what was happening, offering to drive to wherever I am and sit with me or take the three big kids for me, through my mom who prayed out loud in that emergency room when I couldn't, through my husband who woke up from a dead sleep in the middle of the afternoon because he works midnights and drove as fast as he could to get to us from Kokomo, through Pastor Aaron, who has no idea of this, but he sent a text, and he doesn't know this at all. I haven't told him because he's on sabbatical. Hunter, you can tell him, okay? <laughs> but he sent a text, and it's the Holy Spirit. And all it says, I put it on the screen even, praying for Emma, don't forget he's got this in you guys. Keep trusting and looking for signs that he is there. You see, I was in such a panic and worried so sick, I couldn't even focus on anything else besides begging God for help. I just needed that simple reminder of God and his faithfulness. That little bit of encouragement. Things that I knew to be true, but I needed reminded. Sometimes we just need a reminder. I wasn't laying anything over to God at that moment, and I was stuck in my own worry and was spiraling into what-ifs until God sent that perfect text message through Aaron. God spoke to me saying exactly what I needed to hear to refocus and change my perspective on who my help comes from. From Aaron's text, I kept repeating that line out loud, God, you are in control. You are in control. And I did start looking for signs that he was there because it's all I had at the moment. And it was evident he was. In friends praying, in a praying mom, in a text from Aaron of a simple reminder, God has this, in a nurse who brought me scrubs because I was covered in puke. Bless her soul. Some of the nurses looked at me like I was crazy. I was, this is gross. I was dripping macaroni all the way to the scan. And yeah, it was all over the floor. It felt terrible, but what else are you going to do? So she saw the need, finally brought me some scrubs. Bless her soul. Um, God was there in Noah, my seven-year-old, and Charlotte, my five-year-old, who were in the emergency room with us. They took off my sandals and washed them in the sink. And they were covered. And they also got baby wipes and cleaned my feet. And then <clears throat> there was Pastor Cole, who also called immediately when I texted him. And let others know to pray. So I know there were a lot of you also praying behind the scenes. And then he drove down blindly without even knowing where he was going, bringing snacks and a phone charger because I hardly had anything with me at all. And through my husband, who is way stronger and more level-headed in emergency situations than I am, and can call me with just his presence. Through friends who ask if our kids want to come play at their house so we can focus on Emma and they can be distracted from the craziness of the day they just had through my mom who somehow was able to drive my kids back to Kokomo and speak Jesus over them and take care of them even though she was worried sick too. God was there in the chaos, in my worry and panic state. In times where I wasn't seeking him first, he was still there. After a little wait, the doctor came in and said that Emma had a concussion and a small skull fracture, but there was no brain bleed. They also let us know that we would be taking an ambulance ride to Peyton Manning to have her looked over and observed there. That's me trying to leave Will. I'm in scrubs. 
and then Emma's already strapped in and getting ready to go in the ambulance. But instead of spiraling further this time, I felt more peace and assurance God was there. And I knew that he was with us because I had shifted where my help came from. He was getting us quickly to the best hospital around, and there was no brain bleeding, which was a miracle. Because you see, when times come like this, because they do, whether it's fast and scary or a long time of troubles and you have to wait for a resolution or answers, as long as we are living, those difficult times come, and we have to remember, where does my help come from? Seek him first, the one who created heaven and earth, the one who doesn't grow tired, who doesn't sleep, who saved Daniel, who helped Goliath, the one who created my precious Emma, the one who pointed me back to Jesus with a simply worded text to remind me where to focus. I was trying to face it alone and God stopped and said, wait a minute, here I am, let me help you, lean on me, trust me, I am with you. After an ambulance ride and an overnight stay at Peyton Manning, we were cleared to go home and monitor sweet Emma and keep her safe from a secondary head injury as that would not be good. A month out now, and things are going well. She's her crazy busy self, and she's trying to climb everything, take off. She's quiet. She's like a silent assassin, so you don't know she's gone. So I'm constantly going, anyone know where Emma is? Where's Emma? Does anyone see Emma? Where's Emma? And that is no small fee at my house to keep watching over her because I have four kids, and it's a small house, and it hasn't been easy and smooth sailing. God doesn't promise it's going to be easy and smooth sailing. It doesn't always get wrapped up with a pretty bow at the end. Sometimes we have to go a little longer, but you keep standing up and leaning on him. Sometimes I yell and I get stressed out and I worry more than I should. Even though our outcome was as good as one could wish, it's still hard. Life is still hard and it's still scary at times and messy. Sometimes... It can be loss, loss of loved ones, suffering you're going through, loss in relationships. It can be messy and it can be ugly, but God is in your mess and he's in your ugly. Where does your help come from? If we would keep God at the forefront, it can help us get through the messes of life. We can find beauty after suffering. I don't know why we must go through such hard times here on earth, but I do know that when I do go things, through things like this, it can be used to glorify God. I hope you will see God all over this tornado that ripped through my life. I hope that you can see that while I didn't immediately lay this at God's feet, because we're human, the next time something difficult comes, I hope I remember this situation and quickly lean on him. And if I can't get there because I'm so panicked, I pray that God will send another text message through a friend. God, <clears throat> nope, next page. This week, we will see the neurosurgeon, and we'll have another scan to see how the fracture is progressing. I'm excited, but I'm also anxious for the follow-up. But when I start to get that worry, I tell myself Psalm 121. And I remember, he is still in control, always has been, always will be. I hope that within this message, there are some big takeaways that you can keep in your mind as you go back into the ebb and flows of life. The first one is this, that when times are good, would you use that solid foundation? It's really important when things are good to keep that friendship going, to keep that relationship going. 
Stay in prayer, stay in your Bible, come to church, worship. So that when times come and you are struggling, whether you're in your daily grind or facing something major, that you would seek him first. Lean on him, remember his faithfulness through scripture. Think of Psalm 121. My help comes from the Lord. It's also important, I think, to reach out to your family and your friends that will help point you back to Christ. I hope you have people in your life like that. And if you don't, you can text me. Community in times of trouble is so important. It has gotten our family through a lot of tough times. Second, I also pray um, that this message has encouraged you to be that person who points people back to Jesus. A simple text to let someone know you are thinking of them and praying for them. Maybe it's just being present with others and their suffering. You don't have to say anything or have the right answer or know what to say. Just letting them know you're there and you're praying. Um, it could be giving someone a pair of scrubs when they've got puke all over them. It could be washing their feet when they have puke on them. Reminding someone that God is in control and he is in the small things if we will lean and focus on that. And most of all, I remember, remember that the one who created heaven and earth is holding you. And I think as parents, what an example that is to our kids, right? Teaching them to run to Jesus. Will was extremely sad and worried. And all I could think to tell him was to pray. When you're worried, start praying. And it can be honest talk with God. It doesn't have to be a pretty prayer that you've thought out meticulously. Just be honest and open with God. He can handle it. Number three, I pray that you can use your times of difficulty and struggling to glorify God and turn your hard, time to, hard times into another story to glorify our creator. We're going to invite... Um, we're going to do one more song of worship, and then I'm going to pray us out. You want me to stay here and sing on the mic? Just kidding. <laughs> you don't. You all leave, right? <laughs> Thank you, Megan. You're welcome. We're going to do this one. We stand. It's based off of what Megan just gave us. I just feel like we should go back to this bridge, back to this course, and just believe this together. Reflect on where God has shown his faithfulness. So come on, sing. You heard your children. You hear your children. You are the same God. You are the same God. You answer praise back when you you are the same God, you are the same God, you were providing, you are providing, you are the same God, you are the same God, you moved in power, then God moved in power,
Would you guys pray with me? God, thank you for today. Thank you for the good days and the bad days. Whether we're on a mountaintop or we're in a valley today, God, I just pray over your body. I pray over these people and I pray that they would lean into you, God. That you would help us to refocus. They would help us to shift our perspective. God, I pray if we have someone in our life going through something, that we would be the ones to point them back to Christ. That we would listen when you put that subtle pulling on our heart, God. As we go into this week, I just pray um, for your protection, for your mercy. Thank you for being our help in all the times. And thank you for being with us in the chaos and the messy times. Um, just be with us this week, God. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.